Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. We are in a post-European finals glow, are we not? Yes, I am glowing, as you can see. Uh, I am glowing, and I am also Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com. He is glowing, and he is... Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. European fight, Bilbao did look good, though, didn't he? It did. Well, the fact that it was pissing down on Saturday for yeah. the Challenge Cup final. Other than that, bloody lovely. I nearly well, said I nearly went uh, on Saturday. I nearly, really? Well, because there was news all over on Friday that all these hotels have been boxed up for months. Suddenly got dumped back onto the market because obviously uh, a load of people had just like used their twenty-four hour cancellation free thing. Of course they did. So yeah. I had a look, and there was a room in a hostel for sixty quid. I could have booked. Oh. If I could have got a flight, and then I looked. I could have gone from Manchester via Munich. With Lufthansa. Stop off on the way. Lovely, lovely place. Yeah, uh, with Lufthansa, and it would have been 300 quid, but I, 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 I bottled it in the end. <laughs> it's always the way with those last-minute away day things. I go, yeah, yeah, oh, you know what. You've either got to be really decisive or just not even bother. Yeah, when, when you're constantly looking at Skyscanner on your phone for three hours, going, shall I, shall I not? You're probably, gonna, you, you're probably saying not, <laughs> Probably you? not already. If you haven't gone in the first yet. ten minutes, you, you, no, you're yeah, not going. Stop it, yeah. Um but yeah, this was in good later, but Sean Flynn got in touch, who was in Bilbao this weekend. Fair and he mate. said good was Bilbao and the Basques embraced the finals and the fans. It was more than just the money grabbing hotels and this idea of having them on tour to different places that you know, the concept works, he thinks. I, I'm a big fan of that sort of thing. Spread it to the masses. Give somebody somewhere else to go because one of the worst things about the Pro 14 is that the final is always either in Dublin, Dublin or, or Glasgow or... Uh, occasionally Ravenhill. Uh, Why whatever they never have it in Cardiff? Um, they never bid for it, apparently. Oh, right, which, okay. Which is a wonderful endorsement of how they think the Welsh regions are going to go in the Pro 14 playoffs, <laughs> and indeed the Pro 14 Will in the final general. be in somewhere in South Africa in the future? It could be, couldn't it, I suppose? Theoretically, yeah. If they bid, if Cape Town bids for it, Imagine the it. crowds it'll turn up. Oh, my God. Literally <laughs> dozens of people. <laughs> Uh, dozens of people uh, and a, I don't know, a giraffe looking over the fence, probably. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So 
It did look good. I nearly went. I it didn't did look go. Good. But uh, those you did go, I hope you had a good time. Indeed, uh, I'm sure, sure you did. Sounds like you did. Uh, this is the Blood and Mud.com podcast. You can get in touch with the pod, me, at Blood and Mud. Um, and what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch, all that jazz, yeah, rugbyshirtwatch.com. Yeah. I, I don't update very often, I'll be honest. <laughs> We're available on ACAST. I, did, I couldn't be bothered putting the pod post on last week i just stuck wow. it up on like the that feed is a, and then that just is a it. low ebb it's a for your engagement with your own website <laughs> isn't it bad Perfect. isn't it bad i talk only these days <laughs> anyway we're, as you know we're available on acast and on apple podcasts however this week we have oh, finally yes. finally got round to launching funny. the patreon page which is patreon.com slash blood and mud <laughs> in there you can join the aled brew lounge our exclusive club oh, yes. for a mere $2 a month, which is pound forty or something. Uh, yes. And you'll get bonus content and stuff on there. You'll get a private RSS feed you can put onto your favorite pod player so you won't, mm-hmm. you'll still get it delivered and all that kind of stuff. This will still be free. The regu- Well, the regular pod will still be yes. free. Moving <laughs> the forward. regular podcast will. We are not going full Pro 14 on you. We are <laughs> not putting everything behind a, a little-known paywall that you don't know how to access. It's This thing is always going to be here. Well, always it's going to be here as long as we can be bothered to carry on doing it. Um, but, yeah, we just we wanted to do different things and fun things and stuff that maybe requires a little bit more thought and effort yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And... So, yeah. yeah, for those of you who... And to be fair, I've been bloody blown away by how many people have already signed up. We're pretty... I humbled. don't want to say hash, hashtag humbled. Uh, I'm going to say it. I don't care. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're, and genuinely, thank you so much, everybody who has joined. So for those the... of you who have signed up, you will definitely get an ad-free pod this week. Yes, you're listening to us so. without any uh, weird interjections from, I don't know, like German people occasionally. And yeah, mostly that, mostly direct line. Really? Like do you get a direct thing. line? I do. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so See, there it imagine, is. Imagine um, a podcast without that. What more? What more do you have? But and also, else, yeah, there'll be additional stuff on there. So the next episode of the Rugby History podcast yep. will be exclusively on there. So will the uh, Rugby Life interviews and stuff like that. Plus, we'll do yes, some summer enjoyed. episodes. They'll be on there yes, as well. You get if you're sitting there thinking, I can't bear going like a month in the summer without <laughs> listening to these two fucking jokers uh well there is an opportunity to to have us in your ears over the summer you can take us on holiday and everything i mean so make there you sure go. we've done that one to death but thank you very much <laughs> yes. seriously to everybody who's parted with their money to, as, yes. as, a, as an appreciation of what it is that Indeed. we do and here how, every week so how, how can people sign up if they have if they'd like to join the Patreon, well, Patreon. If they'd thingly. like to, to join, they would go to patreon.com slash blood and mud. Yeah. And then you can click on, on the right hand side, you've got two options the Aled Brew Lounge for $2 a month. Yeah. yeah. Or you've got the Aled Brew Lounge VIP area for $5 well, a month, which is, the is basically the Aled Brew Lounge, but we'll give you a shout out on the podcast for, for paying a little bit yes. more because you're a and super we, fan. So, And we may even prioritize your shit good nominations. Yeah, stuff like well, that. You yeah, know, because. You know, that's the level of principles I won't that block, we work I won't at. block you on Twitter as I seem to block <laughs> loads of our other listeners. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so patreon.com, blood and mud. But obviously, you can still get every, the regular pod through Acast and iTunes and all that with ads. Indeed. Right then, let's move on to the actual pod. Yes. We start as we always start with a couple of players spotted. 
Yes. A very a bang up to date one. Uh, Jeffrey Horrell got in touch on the DMs and he said, during my mate Rupert's 40th birthday weekend in Bilbao, there appear to be a lot of rugby players and commentators around. So much so, I'm not sure that this can qualify for player spotted as it was such a target rich environment. <laughs> this, you know, see, we need people of a high caliber to listen. And people use terms like target rich target environment. Rich environment. It's obviously yeah. a person of a high caliber. Exactly. Said, However, I felt it my duty to report on the site of the Cardiff Blues players walking through Bilbao Airport wearing their winners' medals. This led to many requests for selfies with Josh Navidi. For the full picture, imagine a fully dreadlocked Navidi arm in a huge black sling surrounded by three <laughs> Spanish blokes gurning into a phone to register their thanks to then proceeded to slap him manfully on the arm. Yes, the one in the sling. <laughs> he said, oh, no. He said, I can also report that Racing 92 have no idea how to queue for a check-in. Tommy Topknot appears to be a permanent feature, and they were, Tommy's Topknot appears to be a permanent feature, and they were being yeah. very, very good sports, teaching their own toddlers how to scrummage and things while waiting. Also, Ben Kay whacked his head on the overhead in the aeroplane. Well, he would, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. He said, I, a great weekend was had by all. He said, Pre, please wish Rupert a happy 40th birthday. Rupert, if you're listening, because it's you that sent this in, Jeff. I don't know if Rupert listens, but Rupert, if you are listening, happy 40th birthday. Yes, I hope you have just about recovered from what was no doubt a heavy, bass, heavy the, weekend. They do know how to drink in Bilbao. They do know I've, how to I've drink. been twice before, and they do know, unlike other areas of Spain. The where Spanish, it's all very civilised. Yeah, where they, have, you yeah. Know, they do know how to drink in Bilbao. Um, and another one, Alvaro got in touch. Again, aeroplane related. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, yesterday I shared my flight from Jamaica to Trinidad. Oh, yeah, all right, mate. Oh, with, sure. with the Barbados 7 squad. <laughs> he would, yeah. He can't, I, I, noticed mean, he do, I noticed he doesn't name any of them. No. <laughs> he, said, he said one of them brought an island grill takeaway on board and stank the entire plane out. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a time when I travelled back from London Euston after being on an all day or an afternoon session with my friends went to Harry Ramsden's oh you monster yeah absolutely drenched it in vinegar got, got on the train ate about half of it pushed it aside and promptly fell asleep while it sat there festering in the carriage <laughs> you have you are not yeah. a considerate passenger and people wonder why I stopped drinking anyway so <laughs> right so we were thinking, weren't we, Josh, that um, this yes. pod, that, that is the player spotted, by the way, sorry. If yes. you have got a player spotted, you can send it on the DMs via the Facebook page. Indeed. Lee at bloodandmud.com on the email. We'll try and um, we'll pick them up. Thanks very much. Indeed. Now, this pod is a bit like its own special clubhouse, especially this new Patreon thing in the VIP yes. lounge. You know, we've yeah. got a clubhouse with a VIP know. lounge and yeah. stuff. It's not a very, you know, it's not a fantastically well kitted out clubhouse. No. There's probably like a sort of fruit machine in the corner, maybe some sort of. There's a lot of wood paneling. There's some, you know, old graying photographs in the corner. Yeah. There's a bar that serves a really depressing selection of, of yeah. like Boddingtons. There's a picture of a lady playing for England schoolboys on the wall. <laughs> yes, yeah. Or Wales schoolboys, really, depending on where it is. Yeah, there's a really old like cap where everything has faded. And the colour of the cap has totally faded, and you've it's got no got idea. It's only got free view on the telly. Yes. Can't afford to pay for Sky, unfortunately. Oh God, no! What do you think? And BT you think we made a money here. So anyway, so we're in this clubhouse, and yes. there's some characters in there. So 
we have to decide which who you want to sit next to the people who are frequenting yes, this, this for, the, for the for the duration of this podcast you know yeah, so we can't sit on the same table because obviously no. me and you are not allowed to sit at the same table because of our massive artistic differences that's <laughs> yes, uh, true that we just so, about manage to keep a lid on for an hour every week yeah yeah we hate each other you don't realize <laughs> this but uh yeah it's it's all very like so we have to sit on separate tables. I'm going to give you two people you've got an option of sitting next to, Josh. Okay, you choose which one you want to sit next to. First right. of all, you yep. could sit next to, sat over there, is Len Bag. Right. L-E-N-B-A-G-G, Len Bag. Right. I would like it, yeah. He's 52. Yeah. He's been the forwards coach at Red Castile RFC near Middlesbrough since 2009. Right. Despite his sole coaching technique simply being to shout, wankers, at set-piece drills. <laughs> <laughs> when asked okay, if he actually I'm... wants to do a coaching yeah. course, he always refuses on account of his nerves. Fair enough. Well, you know, they are stressful environment. Am I into him? He seems like a nice bloke. I mean, don't get me wrong, the wankers thing does seem like it might grate on you a little bit after a while. But he does also remind me of every forwards coach I've ever met. So True. Or ever had, or, I should say. Hold that thought then. Or yeah. you can sit next to Tim Holton Fingerboard. Double barrel name. <laughs> He's 27. Oh, straight off the bat, he doesn't sound yeah, like my cup of tea. He doesn't, does he? I can see, I can, already I can see you blanching. He said yeah. that he's 27. He plays fullback for Old Belrongians RFC. Right. He's struggling for a job since graduating because he graduated much to the shame of his parents' social circle with a 2-2 in event planning oh, from the yeah. University of Central Lancashire, which used to be called Preston Polytechnic. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that in. So um, instead, he focuses. So because he's struggling to find a job, instead he focuses his time on trying to master Rob Andrews' speech mannerisms. Oh, fucking hell! Uh, I mean, it's not an appealing offer. I'll be honest. No, it's just a, the, the, as as unappealing as somebody shouting wankers at me constantly <laughs> is. Um, I think I'm going to have to go for the uh, for what's his face. It's it's terribly terribly. Out of order, just to simply put off as soon as a double-barreled name gets rolled out. Because I'd lost you then. I knew it's, I had. It says it says a lot about where both where I'm from and my general <laughs> level of chippiness. <laughs> but, uh, here we are. So anyway, you've yeah. got to choose somewhere to sit. So you're well, going for Lembag so. then? Can I confirm? You I'm going to have to go for Lembag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sign me up. So uh, okay. you Wankers. over there? Yeah. Go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't wait. It's going to be a great <laughs> podcast. Um, so over there we've got uh, John Owen Jones Owen John Owen Jones Owen uh, he's 62 <laughs> yeah I nearly managed to say that um, he's been the club secretary of Barry Plummer's Institute third since 1981 mm-hmm. despite never having actually played a game for the club and having failed his B-Tech in plumbing four times um, he spends his Saturday mornings refereeing under nines touch rugby matches but mm-hmm. as he thinks the modern game has gone soft uh, he refuses to enforce any law change that was brought in after 1989 so there's John Owen well, Jones, like... Owen, John Jones, Owen. John Owen Jones, Owen, John Owen, John Jones, John Owen. Jones, I, Owen. I do like the sound yeah. of him because yeah. he's 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 a proper rugby man. He's a, exactly. Including proper... like accepting that children may get harmed. Yeah, and not I'm being totally fine with it because it's in the spirit of the game. Well, exactly. You know, that's rugby. He's also he's probably uh, won clubman, clubman of the Year a few times if he's, if he he's, definitely he's been that has. dedicated. He, yes, exactly. He's just massively dedicated to both plumbing and the club despite having never done it. <laughs> <the>, um, <laughs> so how do you make and then your other option yeah, is, of course, who can forget Johnny Tacklebags? It's a bit of a nickname. That's not his full name. It's Johnny Tacklebags. Right. He's a little bit daft. I'm already yeah, liking this one, but go on. He's got a heart of gold. He's always ready to help out behind the scenes at Parsons Green Old Boys RFC. Funny story, though. Mm. Uh, he actually got his nickname because he'd always stick around after training to, like, to help put away the tackle bags. You know, what a nice thing. I mean, 
nobody realised he was also fucking them afterwards. But yeah, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts, you know. Smokescreen. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's now you see you had me with tackle, you had me with tackle bags until the last uh, the last revelation. It is, it, it is a little bit. It does sour the pot somewhat. I think I'm going to go yeah. for John Owen Jones. John Owen Jones Owen because I think he'd be a good lad to sit and talk to. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a he's a proper rugby man, you know, in the sense that he enjoys violence. So, yeah. That reminds me, uh, jo- uh, Johnny Tucklebags reminds me of the guy who used to work down the pit with my granddad, whose nickname was Ken Cockwatch. <laughs> because he used to walk through the showers at the end of the shift, despite not oh. needing to have a shower. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, oh, one of the... <laughs> Ken Cockwatch, back, yeah. Back in the days where things were illegal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Anyway, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, so that, that's uh, that's who's in the clubhouse this week. I've gone yeah. for John Owen Jones, John Owen Joey, and you've gone for Len Bag. Yeah. Shall we talk about some news this week? <laughs> we probably fucking should, should, should we? we? Good God. <laughs> I think we, we might be approaching a record before we actually start the podcast proper. Um, so news then. Yeah. Um, Danny Cipriani has let this whole briefly being recalled into the England squad thing go massively to his head and uh, signed for Gloucester instead of going and having a nice time in France. Um, it's either the worst or the most perfect pairing of, like... That's exactly what I think, Flaky though. but mercurial player and flaky but mercurial club. Well, what I like about it is, is that the stage is set perfectly for him in that yeah. Gloucester have had a decade of not either being a shambles or not quite getting there. Even the Dean Ryan days, when they looked like yeah. every year they should win something, they never did. It's kind of it's set up for a character like him to turn up and prove everybody wrong that he can lead a sort of team. He, he yeah. can give a team that extra ten percent or whatever. Or it's set up for or... exactly <laughs> the same thing as he's done through the rest of his career, which is to be occasionally brilliant, occasionally terrible, and then probably fall short. They might they'll get to like the semi-finals or something, or they'll make it to a final of a Challenge Cup again, and then it'll the wheels will come off. Like, serious question amidst all of this, right? Where mm-hmm. is Owen Williams? <laughs> no, M- seriously, R- where where A. is he? <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Like, if ever anybody desperately needs to sign for the Dragons, it's probably him. Is that... Because <laughs> the wheels have come off his Wales career. The wheels have somehow come off his Gloucester career because Gloucester's leadership is like, no, we don't want a sort of modern, steady physical playmaking but also game managing fly half we want a mercurial lunatic at 10 instead and that doesn't i mean the player gloucester should have signed is dan bigger mm-hmm. or stephen myler that's what they needed maybe not in myler, the second bigger, yeah, yeah. they needed a, a guy who can just go right stop fucking about let's kick the ball and make them come at us and Let's actually close this game that we're winning. Or at least kick the ball so it doesn't give it back to them in a way they can keep coming back into games, which is yeah, basically what Yeah, manage the game. And instead, they've given it to a man who's going to instead try a sort of round-the-back no-look offload inside his own 22 and they're 20 points to the good or something. The ever-valuable and great Alex Shaw on Twitter wrote a quick piece about it today, who's, who's mm. always worth a, a read, saying that it's... If you go back to Ackerman's days at the Lions, he built the whole rebuild of the Lions when they because they were a joke. They were around um, Elton Yankees. Oh fuck, they did, didn't they? And there's something around Ackerman's looked at it and gone, you know what? I could, I'd work. fancy that again. But what's sad? What makes me sad is that Cipriani is is going to spend the next year or two in Gloucester, just being in the limelight still, 
being constantly having these questions asked about him. Starting for England, and he still won't be anywhere near the England squad. He really like he'd be like Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Come on, coach, just put me in. Just put me in for fifteen minutes, coach. My whole life will be different. He's basically turned down a chance to live in Paris, or yeah, well, it's right in '92 or Stad. So a, a nice like a couple of years in Paris, enjoying the Parisian lifestyle. Playing in the top fourteen, where you don't, you can basically just be as mercurial as you like. They've tolerated Freddie Michelac for like fifteen years, and they still bloody love him. And and instead, he's going to be in Gloucester, where every week he he's want... going to be in the limelight. He's going to get so much shit. Um, if you him, you don't want. I admire him in a way because he doesn't want any regrets, does he? No, he doesn't he want wants to go. To go out I'm giving it one... two more yeah. years so I can actually show again at another club with slightly a different setting that I can maybe deliver something with Gloucester and I can get into the English one, I can play in a World Cup and then I'll retire with no regrets. And actually, even if he doesn't get into the World Cup squad, at least he won't have regrets because he won't have taken himself out of the equation, will he? Yeah, that's fair enough. He hasn't Steph Armitaged himself, has he? No. You know. And again, I can understand why he would do that, but in a way, I, hmm. I admire... Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, we will see. Speaking, speaking of signings... <sighs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Haskell goes to. Oh, thank you to the uh, at least twenty-seven people, by the way, who screenshotted this for me because you, they know that I'm blocked. The most infuriatingly shit. Like, and uh, in a year where we have seen a lot of really awful, really cringeworthy player announcement things, this was actually probably the worst. You know what? Really, because it was so fucking smug. It's, I'm the thing. They've planned that, haven't they? They've spent. They've actually spent actual time yeah. and burned precious, precious calories <laughs> on actually coming up with that and executing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like what? For those of you who haven't seen it, Northampton do a whole sort of checklist of of things that they want in a new signing. Must have a digger. <laughs> that was the one that is fucked a, me. Up. Is a colossal bell end. They didn't put that in. Yeah. But uh. Great and then banter. he responds with, oh, I, I meet these this criteria, stood next yeah. to his digger, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, my banter's like six out of ten or whatever. It's like, spare me your undeniably disingenuous <laughs> false modesty. Um, yeah, it's just like, can you just say we signed James Haskell? Like, I'm really bored of these clever social media player announcements. They're not clever. They're just quite annoying, to be honest. And they don't really go viral. This one went viral a bit because of all the people that are retweeting it to me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> all the people rolling their fucking eyes at it. Leaving it to um, one side for... Leaving all that bollocks, because that could be... Leaving Haskell out of that, actually, your point's hmm. a good one. There's too much of this shit going on and we're just miserable old men. I understand that. But yeah. it's just stupid. And actually, it's... who who does it engage anymore in any of this? I don't really understand. I think there's a certain substrata of like fans of clubs and fans in general who basically think that they're sort of people that really find memes hilarious, I think. Like it's appealing to that strata of fan and uh, that's just not me. That's probably <laughs> why I don't get it. But was it um the White House Council in the West Wing? I can assure you I've never found anything charming. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, so yeah. but leaving that aside uh, for a minute uh, as a signing yeah. they've signed him for a year I'm assuming he's taking a colossal pay cut you would imagine 
Um, and I suppose, in a way, he's a he's a solid tight signing for a team that's in the shit. I would say for a year, probably on the discount. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, it's only a year. Whether he's going to be involved with England going forward, that's now what that, I can't you know... stand about it. It'll be, it'll be a year of Haskell's World Cup dream. Oh God, it will, won't it? At least if he'd have gone to France or back to France or something, it would have been, or gone to Bristol. It's like, yeah, he's not getting like. It it does sort of create a sort of impressive like cluster of arseholes at Northampton now. You've got to say, you know, you got Dylan Hartley in there, you got Timana Harrison in there. And now you've got James Haskell in there. If Callum Clark was still there, it would probably be like a sort of black got hole. Bigger on-field arsehole. You've got bigger on-field arsehole, undeniably. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting What What baffles me is that this is obviously a Chris Boyd signing. And it's like... I think he just wants somebody who can defend a bit and carry a bit. Which yeah. It's at premiership level, even now, he can still do a job at. I'm sorry to disappoint yeah, absolutely people can. by being reasonable, but and, he can. You and know. they're probably signing him with the expectation that he isn't, you know, with Brad Shields coming over, there's a assumption that maybe he's not going to be as involved in in the England setup as he was, and he'll be free to play more games. And if so, he could be a really good, you know, as much as it pains me to admit it, you know, if I was him, I'd probably make him club captain tomorrow. And just say, look, lads, that's fucking. Mm. You've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Regardless of all your other incredibly annoying qualities, you fucking work hard. You lead from the front, and you're demonstrably a pretty good leader. So, yeah, <laughs> demonstrably and mystifyingly a pretty good leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to anybody else, but yeah, and it, it adds a bit of. You know, you look at that Northampton pack, and they've they've got a, a fair few abrasive bastards in there now. And that's you know, they got Mitch Eady, they got Courtney Laws, you know, Tamara Harrison has mentioned Hartley when he's not sort of getting sent off for stuff. It, that's kind of it, it's like they're building a decent pack there or something, and they, he's kind of like the cherry on top to add a bit of leadership. He'll do a job grit. for a year. He will. Yeah. Anyway, what else have we got that's happening news-wise? Gervin Dempsey's joined Bath as the attack coach. That's very interesting. From Leinster. Yeah. I had nothing much to say about that, but a mean Englishman got in touch on Twitter and said, Gervin Dempsey is good for this week, but I'll cover it now because it made sense. said that it's good for him is Dempsey signing as attack coach for Bath. He said a couple more in the medical and psychology areas expected soon, and these are all good non-knee-jerk reactions from the management. At the end of the day... Todd Blackadder kind of saved his own ass. Well, his players saved his ass by getting into the Champions Cup, Alec so they Bruce don't saved his ass. Well, yeah, of course he did. But they've kind of they haven't had to hit the big reset button because they can still sort of say that they're making progress to some semblance yes. of. And you know, having a player like him, having a, a, a attack coach like him, is probably a good move. You know, maybe Todd Blackadder's been struggling to communicate in a way that Northern Hemisphere players can do, so he's gone, well, that's worked over there, so I'll give him a whirl. But it's interesting, because isn't Stuart Lancaster... Like, a lot of Leinster's attacking verve has been kind of credited to Stuart Lancaster. See, yeah, it has, but is it? Is that not just Mm. because they have to make it fit the narrative of the redeemed, the redemption story has to fit? So everything that's good about Leinster, you know, a lot of it has to be to do with Stuart Lancaster because that's that's a romantic story. You're right, yeah. 
Yeah, it'd be it might very well be that. true, but I'm just because I don't know enough about the machinations behind the scenes. But no, well, I don't think any of us do, and, and that is, it's interesting. That's not stopped me before, though. I'm going to say it's nothing to do with Stuart Lancaster. Yeah, that guy knows fuck all. It's all Gervin Dempsey. His job is to do the northern man stance on the touchline, and then <laughs> and then have it off with the tackle bags. Yeah, like Johnny tackle bags. <laughs> Johnny tackle bags. Stewie tackle bags. Yeah. Um, other news, apparently Heineken are coming back on board as the main sponsor of the Champions Cup. Well, that was which, worth uh, it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, space, it will make it easier, as everybody still calls it the fucking Heineken Cup anyway. Um, I'd like them to change the Challenge Cup back to the Parker Penn Shield, if I'm totally honest. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, wasn't it? <laughs> those were days. Do people still buy um, them? Maybe. The world's, I, I, the world's first handheld device, the pen. <laughs> they can have that one for free. Strap they can, yeah. Um, Seriously, it doesn't like. Remember when Rugby Europe sort of started this whole Champions Cup thing, and they were like, "Oh, we're not going to have a title sponsor because we want to be like the Champions League and have loads of like yeah. high-paying commercial and have a big partners." Brand yeah. And now, like five years later, they're like, "Uh, yeah, we'll go." The back European to... Rugby Champions Cup is a dreadful name, though, isn't it? It's a fucking shit name, isn't it? The fact I noticed that on the it's got the Rugby Champions Cup written on the trophy, which is a fucking dreadful name. <laughs> it did. It's like the rugby championship, isn't it, down south? Yeah, absolutely awful. Like is that really the, the best rest. you could come up with? Yeah, but that's what rugby very... league called Division Two in the north of England. <laughs> but exactly, but exactly, that's you know, it sounds and the logo looks like a, a mid-priced spa hotel, as oh, we've discussed on getting yeah. more money cases. But like, just rugby needs to get better at naming things. Clearly, exactly. demonstrably, like. Yeah, they the can gal- always come to us. We're all, we can name cups. We're great at naming we stuff, We can get you apparently. to name cups for us and everything. Yeah. if But, like, the Premiership next year is the Gallagher Premiership this year now because Aviva have fucked off. That nothing already says, sounds no, shit. Nothing says more about the niche nature of a sports appeal than when they get a, a title headline sponsor and you go, I don't know who they are. Yeah. Because I'm obviously not high net worth enough to know what services they offer. It shows exactly the kind of market that they're hoping to attract. It's the same as when they had the, what was it that England had a few years ago, the Invesco Perpetual Series. Yeah, the QBE Autumn Series. Who are QBE? Stuart Stuart Lancaster calling them the QBEs, which is one of my (laughs) all-time rugby low moments. Yeah. But it's true. Old mutual wealth, all of that. Oh, fucking I don't see them on the high street in Flint, I'll be honest. No, no, you don't see a lot of old mutual wealth around Aberdeer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was taken in the 1800s. Uh, anyway. Right then. So, yeah, that's Gervin. I, believe it or not, we started that with Gervin Dempsey being at Bath. Oh, no, and then we went yeah. to Heineken. And... Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so it's going to be changed. Is that it for news? We're going to have to move on. I think so. Yeah, news done. If you're off to the UK for a match, you can't guarantee a good result. But you can guarantee 0% commission on your sterling with OnPost. Get it in cash or on the handy OnPost money currency card. You don't even need to pre-order. Just drop into your local post office and pick up your sterling today. Terms and conditions apply. OnPost money currency card is issued by PPS EUSA, pursuant to license by MasterCard International. PPS EUSA is authorised by the National Bank of Belgium and is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland for conduct of business rules. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, The COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative 
brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. What have we learned from the big European Cup weekend? Well, I've learned that it turns out that you can have a pretty bad game where nobody actually plays that badly. <laughs> it's like neither Leinster or Racing played badly. And yet it just wasn't a very good game. It to... was an absolutely dreadful game. Yeah. And yet they all played, you know, nobody was... Was it dreadful having... in itself? Does it stand alone as a dreadful game or was it because it was being compared to the Friday? I think it would just have been pretty shit anyway because it wasn't like it was even that tense until the last, like, maybe five or ten minutes. Yeah, as it, as it headed into the last ten minutes, there were still three points <laughs> in either. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, pleasantly tense conclusion. But for most of the game, it really wasn't that engaging. Like... It was also it quite maladroit for a game of the two best club teams in Europe. Yeah, particularly it wasn't, one. It wasn't a, a high-level of skill. No, and, and, you know, partly, you know, it turns out that, you know, when it's pissing down with rain and greasy as fucking Bilbao, the games are just as bad as they are anywhere else, yeah. apparently. <laughs> that wasn't the only reason it was a poor game. But, like, if it had been drier, and, you know, the night before it was warm and dry and lovely... And it was a better game, a much better game. And it still had tension and it still had quality and it still had a really exciting climax. But the difference is that we actually had something to speak of in terms of rugby for the 76 minutes beforehand. And, yeah, I mean, but nobody really played that badly. Like, certain players didn't play as well as you'd expect. There were some moments, weren't there? Sexton wasn't exactly on amazing form, was he? No, well, we'll get to that probably yeah. later. But, like, you can't really fault, say, either something that either side were, like, really shitting the bed in any way. It was just like they were two very evenly matched teams. It, just, that... it became... A, it became. It couldn't have helped that Racing basically were down to their third-choice fly-off within 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah, that didn't help. Um, and it ended up becoming a forwards game. Massively. And your point's correct, that the forwards didn't do anything wrong. They all did the job very well. <laughs> So no. when you when you have that and the the cocktail of that alloyed with the fact that nobody really commits to rooks anymore and they're all just panned out across the field, it becomes yep. a pretty difficult game. It's a difficult game to play when people set it's themselves a, up like that. It it's really a is. reminder that rugby, for as much as I say stop fucking with rugby's rules, the fact that they have fucked with rugby's rules was kind of given out on the biggest stage in a you know a final where it was winner takes all in the biggest game of the season two teams with unbelievable attacking resources at their disposal neither of them really found like neither of them could really find much of a way through the other one no and, you know, and Leinster, were... Leinster were trying harder than Racing I think again yes. probably because of the third fly half thing yeah. for Racing 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 were obviously very discombobulated from the start yeah. but yeah Leinster were trying but they still weren't getting anywhere they were no. you know they, they were trying to put some shape on it though but um so yeah, all in all, I learned I was glad I didn't get on that flight to Bilbao at five, at yeah. five o'clock in the morning and pay three hundred nope. quid to get there, and then whatever I would have spent on a ticket when I was there, because I'm not sure I'd have been. Mind you, I think the whole experience would have been good. But... The experience would have been great, but speaking of flying, when I learned this weekend from the pictures on Twitter, is that Sky commentators get to fly by private fucking jet? Christ on a bike. There was a picture of them all outside a private jet, basically going, "Oh, we're off to Bilbao now," and Stuart Barnes is there, and Greenwood's there. Something next to Greenwood I didn't even recognise. I wonder if it was sort of a last hurrah thing, like because that was their last European game that they're going to oh, do. Oh, maybe. And like, obviously, they had such a massive team out there. They was probably like, well, we can pay or we can charter a plane. It's probably cheaper. 
I mean, as we know from the player spotted before, from Jeffrey, Ben K was a normal <laughs> banging his head in a normal yeah. plane. So that's the thing. BT have just spunked a load of money up on the wall in the Champions Cup for the next three <laughs> years. They can't afford to be sending out private bloody jets. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I learned mm. that. What else I learned? The Friday night game mm. did not help at all with my ambivalence about Gareth Anscombe. I am no clearer now than I was before the game. In that, I, I just don't know. I still don't know. I know what you mean. He's a player that in the space of a very short period of time can go from looking sort of very, very mm. like peripheral to all of a sudden. And to be honest with you, the moving to 10 made a big difference. Yeah, it did, actually. That's true. And he, I think it shows that, like, 10 is, like... Since he got his groin, groin problems sorted out, like, the start of this year, he has looked a lot more like the player that the WIU bent over backwards mm. to get from New Zealand. And and he's a good 15, but I think he's a better 10. And I think if you give him that chance to be the main man, he yeah. will... Do some, and you know he's obviously got fucking the minerals, to say the least, to step up and you know mm. to start as the thing that ignited that whole comeback was him was the kick through from Anscombe that uh, Thomas Williams scored. Mm. Yeah, and yeah People don't people have been talking about Williams's excellent footballing skills and things to touch that ball down. They haven't been talking so much about Anscombe chipping over the top catching his own chip and then booting the ball infield pitch perfectly for Williams to chase. And that's the sort of thing that he offers. Mm. But at the same time, he can be quite shit. <laughs> I also so, learned that Jared Evans has got the face of a shit house. Oh yeah. And I mean that in the nicest, you know, with respect, yeah. I do. I think a 10 should have, a, you know, something about a 10 should have a shit house. He's, face got, to he's, got wind a face, he's got a similar face to Dan Bigger in the sense that yes, he just he does, permanently yes. fucking annoyed about everything. <laughs> yes. So yeah, but yeah, Anscombe was amazing on Friday, instrumental and everything. And yeah, I still didn't come out of it Saturday morning going right. That's it. Then I know exactly. You're still not quite sure. Yeah, Paul Williams was saying still... when he was on the other week that it, he thinks he will be starting at ten in the summer. Anscombe. I think you kind of have to now. Hmm. It's like unless Reese Patchell does something incredible in the semi-final and final in the next couple of weeks, it's like well, hot hand man. Yeah, you probably have to give it to Anscombe. Um, yeah, things that I learned. Uh, James Ryan yeah. should be on the same sort of frothing hype train <laughs> that Maruatoje was riding on when he first burst onto the scene. He has never lost a professional game of rugby. No. All, all your base are belong to James Ryan. <laughs> yeah, 21 on the bounce. And in a few well, weeks, he might well be capping off his season, his debut season in professional rugby, having not only gone unbeaten through an entire season of your first, you know, ever... <laughs> But also Grand Slam, Champions Cup, Pro 14, man of the match in the Champions Cup final, by the way. You know, Marrow might have won, 30, what is it, 31 games he won on the bounce. But he'd been playing for Saris on and off for a few seasons before he even got capped. Like, the last time Ryan lost a game was when he was, for reasons that I still don't entirely understand, um, he was included in a Munster development team who were playing a World Cup warm-up opposition for Ireland under-20s. Um and his next game was winning his first cap off the bench uh, against the USA for Ireland. So he played for... He's one of those weird freaks where 
he won his first cap before he'd even played for his province. Amazing. And it's the sort of thing that should not just be talking about future Lions, but like Lions, you know, everyone was like, oh, Maritoji, future Lions captain. It's like, fucking hell, James Ryan, future Lions captain. Future Corey Island Hill, captain. future Lions captain. Well. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, yeah. But we're watching the rise it's of not... a genuinely generational talent. It looks that way, doesn't it? Because it's not even like as well... Because sometimes you can look at stats like that and go, ah, oh, yeah, but it's not really reflective of he's just you in look a good at team. And then you watch him play no. and you go, fuck he's me. Like, fucking hell, he's the best player on the pitch. Yeah, he's and not He's, he's not the 21 Jimmy... 21 years old. He's not the 2005 Liverpool Champions League winning Jimmy Triori figure. He's genuinely no, a magnificent rugby player. No, and um, like it seems like there's been a bit more hype about him since the weekend. But like outside of Ireland, nobody has really been paying any attention to him this season at all. Even in that Ireland Grand Slam team, people were talking about Dan Levy or they were talking about mm. Johnny Sexton. It's like this kid has never, this kid's just barely started playing rugby. I think people who know rugby have been talking about him. We had him in yeah. our team at a tournament, sort of the other pods and good Twitter yeah. accounts and stuff. I think it's just, it's that media hype train. The wider really media hype it. train yeah. just yeah. doesn't, yeah, they just don't seem to be. And it's like, God, life. Like he is, you imagine that. Him and Tag Burn as Ireland's two locks in the future. Like, <laughs> what unbelievable balance that is. And Ghost Rider still there, lurking, well, screaming skull. Glad off the bench, but like, you've got <laughs> Burn being the sort of like, all court, throw it around, do everything, win turnovers, yep. score tries, man. And then you've got Ryan just being an absolute fucking monster. And you've still got. Um... Alton Dillon's sort of come back from yeah. injury at some point, who it's... looked again an all court, super handed off, mega dynamic yeah. thing. Yeah. They are not spoiled for forward. They're not. And Ian, I drink 14 riches. cans of Monster in a tracksuit. Henderson. Holy shit, I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. It's depressing, isn't it? It is a bit. Not if you're Irish, clearly. No. What else did we learn? <laughs> what, I, what did I learn this weekend? I, I learned that I want to know what Danny Wilson said at half time. Yes. And I think, you ready for this? I think it might have been Mary's prayer. Happy Chumpa! <laughs> About three people listening got that. Uh, yeah, so. That's the sort of niche that's, yeah. content that you can look forward to on the portraying. Yeah. You know, if you pay, you get of, more of that. Yeah, more of those kind. You probably will, to be fair. <laughs> I should have had it teed up, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should have. Oh, shut uh, up. Yeah, I'd like. I'd also Cardiff. I've got a very bad habit of losing their coaches at the worst possible time. <laughs> like last time the Blues won the Challenge Cup in 2011. A year later, they lost Die Young to Wasps, and the wheels came off. And this time, they've barely fucking. You know, the champagne's not even warm, and they're already lost their coach. And it's like, <laughs> do we know who's coming in yet? Yes, it's John Mulverhill. You can't deny it's a household name. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's uh, currently he's an Australian. Um, I've never heard of him. He's <laughs> um, the, I think the reason that we didn't cover it when it was like when it was announced a couple of months back is that I mean the, when you Google John Mulverhill, right, the first thing that comes up on the Google results is who is John Mulverhill. <laughs> And and every search has come from the CF one to CF twenty four area. Yeah, and also his the Wikipedia page leads you to a former Irish Labour politician. Um, 
so yeah, not what what baffles me is that Cardiff was supposed to be getting money off the WRU for recruiting. Why have they a... gone? I should know this, but I don't. Why have all three of them said I'm off? Have they got well, all the jobs or are they just told Matt to... Sherrett is off to the Ospreys. Right. Danny Wilson is going to be Die Young's forwards coach, which seems mad. The thing is, you're not about personal choice either. He might fancy, he might be getting the same money to go and do that. Well, that's the thing. You might be getting the same money for a hell of a lot less, less stress. Less aggro, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the WIU have accepted that he he's currently coaching in Japan um, and he was an Australia assistant in the 80s. Um, but that's yeah. about it. Like, he has done fuck all. To be brutally honest, and I can, it's, a, it's, it's, it's either a, a very shrewd it. signing or it's more, a, which is one way, but but I don't believe that. It's more indicative of did anybody actually want it? How many people have they gone through? I know Malander said no, didn't he? How many people have they actually Malander gone said through? said no. Chris Boyd said no. But the baffling sort of, it's he was a Western Force assistant at one point. He's Mitsubishi Dynabors, uh, Honda Heat, and Kinetsu Liners have been his most recent ones in Japan. And the WIU is giving the Blues money. I think it's 250k they give to a region in exchange for hire to help them hire an in inverted commas a world class coach. And apparently Mulverhill has, fulfilled, has filled those in, uh, criteria. And what, how does he fit this criteria? Um, he's been to well, parts of the world that are yeah. not here. Done. Signed. Yeah, he's done. He's been to Japan. He's big so, in Japan. But this is, yeah, good song that. Yeah. So, so, so this, yeah. That... So, so, in case you're wondering, this is what I think Danny Wilson said at halftime. Everything is Being here is this would get him going, Every wouldn't it? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> That's also what Danny Wilson said. Going on. <laughs> he was doing this. Yeah. Brought Sean Holliard. Yeah. I was Mary's prayer. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, like, it is a problem because they've built all this momentum. They've built all this really good squad unity. You know, all of this. The players come back from their summer break and there's a new bloke there who they don't fucking know. They can't even bloody Google the bastard to find out who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I literally know nothing about him. It's like yeah. he's appeared out of a clear blue sky. They genuinely have uh, quite a... They've got a, their work cut out now to keep that momentum going next season. When, you know, they're back in the Champions Cup, they're Challenge Cup champions. You know, this should be them building to bigger and better things and they've put a massive roadblock in their way of, of carrying that momentum on. It is a shame. What else have we learned this weekend? Um... I found I've discovered I'm in love with so many French scrum halves <laughs> that I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like a teenager trying to pick out my favourite one from a boy band lineup. It is a problem. They is it the one with the high have... voices that does the most of singing? Is it one on the left who's obviously just a mate that they put in anyway? Do you know, it, it's 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 like I don't know where they're keeping all these good French scrum halves because they sure as hell haven't been playing for but the. But they're National also team. really not. Have a tendency to not be that good, which is why I, I love them even more. Yeah, they have all this mercurial magic, and then you think, oh, you've balls out of it, haven't you? Yeah, and that's all. Certainly, you've got Iraberen. Iraberen is going to have like oh. 
oh, his box kicking. He's got a Basque I've, I've name, re- which makes me like yeah. him even more as I've, well. I've, I've rarely got frothy about box kicking <laughs> in my life, but you could not deny. Holy shit. That was some pinpoint box kicking. And also, that little shimmy that he did when the winger came through and he was like, flying through the line out to, yeah. uh, to, yeah. to charge him down. Yeah. So you got him, you got Mashino, he just sat there in a beanie looking like a sex god. <laughs> You've got him. Um, You've got your your friend and mine, Baptiste. You've got Saran. Baptiste. You've got this young lad, Antoine Dupont, who's coming through. Yes, you've got, of course. How could we forget Morgan Parra? You've got Morgan Parra. The, the, the OG. Yeah. <laughs> He's the OG, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then you've got, I've not had a proper look at him yet, but you've got this, you know, I've seen bits of him and he's enough to get excited. You're going to be pairing any one of those with the likes of Jalabert and stuff moving forward. Oh, it's yeah. going to be oh, high it's times indeed. Porno, porno rugby Combined, I with did think I loved all of them so much. I'll have to convert to Mormonism, and then somebody I pointed think... out that you can't marry lads if you're a Mormon. So uh, I, I have well, to start a new a new movement. I think. Yeah, well, that's actually quite literally. The third, that's actually the third tier of the blood and mud portraying <laughs> is uh, you join the special religion. Yeah, the rainbow halfback <laughs> ology or something. It'll be cool. Um, you have to pay three thousand pounds just to get the yeah. first pack of what it means to be a member. Allied with brew and also with brew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was awful and yet brilliant. Um, what else did we learn? Have you got anything else there? Uh, fucking hell, probably. I've I'm learned we should be quiet. Think of my own jokes. Um, I've learned that um, the, that left touch line of the stadium in Bilbao was cursed. <laughs> yeah. um, but Garen Smith didn't let it bother him. Smith booted two balls straight out into touch on that wing. Ethan they were booted two balls straight into the touch <laughs> on that wing. Um, but to be fair to Garen Smith, after you've put two out on the full, not many players would have the balls to try it a third time. And he did so at the death, and obviously it worked out very well. Um, was that the touchline that I, Teddy Thomas ran into as well? He fucking was, was as well. Yeah, that touchline <laughs> was an absolute fucking... It was like a vortex of horror. Yeah. Just sucking people towards just a it. graveyard of rugby dreams. <laughs> uh. Why is it so cold stood by here? Uh. <laughs> well, Why has it suddenly gone cold? You see, that is the dark touchline. <laughs> yes. We don't go we don't go over there. Yes. <laughs> um other things I learned um quickly, BT Sport really needs to have a word with its broadcast team next season about the whole partiality impartiality thing. Yeah. Fucking like like fair enough, they broadcast the Premiership, yada yada yada. They're going to be the sole broadcaster of European rugby next season. And honestly, the way that the commentary team were just nakedly willing and praying and cheering for Gloucester <laughs> was genuinely pretty fucking disrespectful to the Blues. Like I get it, but they can't. If they can't put that aside when Europe comes around, then they shouldn't have the same people doing the Prem as they have doing Europe. Like just get some other people in who are not quite so nakedly one-eyed or get a bit of a mix instead of just constant ex-bloody England players. <laughs> but, oh, it's just... There was a magnificent interview with Billy Twelvetrees for the game and he was warm, he's practising his kicks. You know, they, like, they run around the pitch now, don't they? And go, can I have a quick oh, no, word with do. you? I hate that, by the way. Billy kind of said, yeah. I forgot what Billy Twelvetrees' voice is like, though, you know. What are you looking forward to today? Oh, we've got to play in the right areas and we'll be all right. Sort of thing. It's just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> moving on. Moving swiftly on. I'm not yeah. learning anything else. I'm done now. Um, Yeah, that's about me done. Yes. Shall we move on to shit good then? We probably should, shouldn't we? What should that, we do that first? Is, that is the traditional... That is the uh, tradition after all. Yeah. 
Um, should we do good first? Because why not? Why not? What have I got that's uh, good? Uh, no, you go first because you said. Okay, you go uh, good for me, Camille Shat. Yes. God, he's good over the ball, isn't he? <laughs> like he looks like a sort of like a weird funhouse mirror man. He, does. he looks like Ram Man with his helmet taken off. <laughs> that's exactly correct. Yes, he looks like. Speaking of which, have you seen the fucking prop the Ospreys have signed today? No. They've signed a Moldovan prop and a man oh, a who is start. literally. He is literally. 90% shoulders. Um, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to get a... I, I will dig the photo out right now. He's given up on his on his career of eating live animals and he's decided to become a full-time rugby player. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, they've signed him from some, like, second division French club, which is fucking peak Ospreys at the moment. Holy shit. But um, literally, the photo... He'll know how to look after himself, he, won't he? He looks, like, he looks like M. Bison from Street Fighter. <laughs> He's got that similar level of proportion. And honestly, it's... If that's what we... You know, if we're just signing players now who've got massive shoulders, don't get me wrong, I'm into it. But... Because, <laughs> I mean, it can't go any worse than... Here we go, Lee. I'm sending this to you via the medium of conversation right now. If if you want to have a look on my Twitter, everybody, or on the, the they've they've I don't know where you find this photo, but he literally looks like a manga character. It it's just I I can't deal with it. I'm not receiving anything. Oh, see, it's on it. it uh... Anyway. Anyway. Oh, it's hang, on, hang on, is it on the, is it on the Skype? It is on the Skype, right, see, okay. that's why I've Tell confused you, you. sorry. Fucking broadcast. <laughs> see, this is Oh, what's... there he is. <laughs> yeah, that is good. He does. <laughs> if you were to say to me, if you say to a small child, can you draw a Moldovan prop forward? <laughs> that's exactly what they would that's draw. That's exactly it, yeah. It's, it's the fact that his sort of head is so tiny. <laughs> and his shoulders, they are so big. And you can see the jersey just straining with all of its might <laughs> to contain those delts. And it's just not... He has come from a lower division in France, so as Paul Williams said, watching that is like, is like watching a documentary on cannibalism with a ball thrown in the middle. <laughs> so basically, I think he'll be good for your for your team. Yeah, well, I'm, hopefully he can hold up a scrum, if nothing else. But yes, Camille Chat has very bizarre body proportions, but he is fucking brilliant over the ball. And yeah, he just did an absolute number on that Leinster attack for the entire time he was on there. He was like a little limpet, bless him. <laughs> yeah, he is. I good. say little limpet. He was like a massive limpet. Um, who else was good? Ellis Jenkins. Oh, Coming God, of age performance? Question mark. Well, he basically oh, he's been pretty just, good anyway, hasn't he? But yeah, he demonstrated why picking a back row, Wales back row for the next World Cup is going to be literally an impossible job. <laughs> because how the fuck do you pick from Sam Warburton, Justin Tipperick, Josh Navidi? Ross Moriarty, Ellis Jenkins, uh, James Davis. And you probably, probably throw a couple more in there, to be honest, between now and then. What's his face? Thomas Young. Mm. It's, it's fucking comical that only two of those players realistically can play with Fanatown. And also, I, wouldn't want, I, wouldn't I, give, I give him a good as well that in his aftermatch interview he said, and congratulations to my sister for I finishing university. That, that Fantastic. Yeah. That lovely bookend for a lovely... Bu- now, that's how you should use social media, everybody. Not with yeah. horrifically fucking contrived transfer yeah. banter. A genuine bit of funny... A tender bit of funny family moment. But, um, yeah, he was. that was probably the best performance I've seen him put in. He was everywhere. 
and he dominated the breakdown so well. I I can't wait for Wales fans to be saying that he's not as creative enough to continue to play for Wales in 18 months' time. Um, what else have we yeah. got that's good? I've got this one from Switching Codes a minute, only because I like a bit of referee player banter. This was Ben yes, Thaler, the rugby league ref, in the Toronto Wolfpack game, having a conversation with a Toronto Wolfpack captain.
has stretchy sides that when you pull them, a rainbow flag emerges to promote equality. Really? Yeah, which is an awful gimmick, but at the same time, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like, wow, that's that's like some top-level clairvoyant trolling that they've done. <laughs> Um, and I can't wait. At some point in the next two years, an Aussie yeah. is going to say something ridiculous about the gay people. Yeah. Put this in the shirt well, and we'll have it in yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. We'll just launch it. We'll just, they've had it for like, it's been there for 10 <laughs> years. <laughs> they've just been waiting. <laughs> Don't just scrape yeah. all like, the U manga numbers off it and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, fair play to whoever was uh, working the old iPods at. Uh, AMI Stadium. Speaking of AMI music, Park, uh, Johnny Collins got in touch via the Facebook page and he said shit for him was Damien McKenzie's moustache. He said he's do an in- incredible player, uncredible facial hair. If Why there's right? one player that should it's not... not, even, it's not I mean, even November, is it? What's he doing? No, I think he's just he's just being a New Zealander, isn't he, in that regard? There's, there seems to be a, a more general tolerance of moustaches over well, there. Well, maybe he's grown a tash, but then he can put a load of leather gear on and go and shake Israel Follow's hand at the end of a game. <laughs> That's just terrifying. Part. Just shit him right up. <laughs> ah, run off. He took me. Yeah, so... Um, Maybe. That's, uh, we got. that's good. Uh, good. Uh, I'll tell you what I enjoyed is the uh, Blues players' multi-day post-win bender that was fairly exhaustively documented across all of their social media pages. <laughs> Not just because it is always nice to see. Literally, they started drinking after the game. They carried on drinking until their flight. They drank on the flight. They got off the flight. They went home and changed and then got on it in Cardiff. That's which... the wonderful thing about winning a game on the, your last game of this, winning yeah. the trophy in the last game of this. They haven't even got any semi finals. Leinster lads yeah. have got to keep it, keep the powder dry a bit, haven't they? Yeah, they got Munster on Saturday. They can't, they <laughs> yeah. can have a couple of beers. Cardiff were just like, I'm getting drunk till June. <laughs> yeah, this is, forget that tour to Argentina. Don't care. Um, and yeah, so I particularly enjoyed it because there was uh, multiple shots of they they all met up on Sunday uh, in a beer garden of a pub in Pontcana, and the, and they brought the the Challenge Cup with them. And there's just something wonderfully incongruous about seeing a major piece of European silverware just sat on a sort of weathered, <laughs> rotting picnic table in the back of a pub in Cardiff in one of the three or four days of actual sunshine they'll get every year. It was Which lovely. Which pub it was? I can't remember all the pubs in Pontcana. It's been no, years I since I was there. The Beverly? Yeah. The horse and jockey in Pontcana? I can't remember. Maybe, maybe. It might have been the Beverly, actually. That's on Cathedral mm. Road, isn't it, the Beverly? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that is great. Yes. Proper, And I love that kind of amateurism well, love... crossing over the professional game. Exactly. It doesn't happen it... in football, does it? It's so protected, yeah. you won't see that. I do yeah. like that rugby's still happy to let their players have photos of this quite openly and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're not, you know... They're and not dressed a as a bit... cow and pissing on a bar. I don't mean that. No, you know. no. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it was Josh Navidi in a sling, as we've discussed, <laughs> um, with a bottle of tequila in one hand and the the challenge cup on the table. It was nice. fine. It was great. Love it. What else we got that's good? Um, Alvaro, who's already been on touch, who's obviously got off his flight to Trinidad or whatever, and has said that good... Is the aptitude with which Gloucester can turn from something resembling a focused and competent rugby team in, in a must-win game into, well, Gloucester. I mean, fucking I, mean, I, feel, I don't know why it's in good, but I feel for you. I really do. I, mean, I like well, adore my, Gloucester. I really do shit, wish they'd win something. One of my shit... In fact, my first shit is being a Gloucester fan, I would imagine. <laughs> 
Like, honestly, at half-time, I thought, surely even they can't fuck up a 14-point lead and almost total superiority in both Yeah, they were, winning, they were winning everything, were they? Yeah. Every part Basically, of the field they were winning. If yeah. it wasn't for Ellis Jenkins occasionally turning the ball over, they were scoring every time they got the ball into the Cardiff half. And, like, but of course they can. They've got <laughs> mental fragility down to, like, a Picasso-level art form. Yeah. It's... I feel for them. I it's genuinely a flaw do. in the system. It's like yeah. that, like that scene in the Matrix. I couldn't understand when that bloke with the beard explains why everything breaks. That's basically <laughs> Gloucester. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't understand it, but that's basically what it is. That's basically. I in can't fact, Keanu Reeves Gloucester. in a deleted scene went, "Oh, you mean like Gloucester Rugby Club?" Yeah, and he went, "Yeah, yeah, exactly like that." <laughs> yes, yeah, oh. apropos of this, yes, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, what have we got? Uh, else we got Jamie Phillips uh, on mm. Twitter got in touch. He said, "Good was the Sun Wolves." Yes. Got their first win of the season and only their fourth win since their formation in 2015 by hammering Absolutely. Brad Thorne's Reds. It's not they, going they well hung, for the Reds, is it? They hung 60 on them. 63-28 in Tokyo. I think you, and again, I think you might, it might be time to call Quaid, Brad. It might be, Brad. Or, or somebody needs to call Brad and say, I'm sorry, this isn't working out. Yes, one of the two. Either way, there's talk that Israel Falau's going to the Reds next oh, season, so... That, yeah. I Jamie's mean, a long time listener, Jamie. He's a Dragons fan. You've not picked the Sunwolves as your Super Rugby team as well as being a Dragons fan, have you? Because if you have, I'm very worried about your your, your future is. prospects of your mental health. So you know, yeah, at least keep pick Al Haguaris. At, at least pick Haguaris. You know, yeah, at least have a they're, laugh with it. They're actually quite good this season, and they're funny. Whereas <laughs> yeah. the Sunwolves are funny, but not necessarily ha ha funny all the time. Fraser McVean got in touch on Twitter and he said, Combined shit and good is the kit king of the eternal Issa Nathewa. The two grubbers out on the foliage, you've already mentioned, followed mm. by two penalties to snatch the win for Leinster. It was, again, it was, there was something written about that, wasn't there? Massively so. It was one of those things where. What a player, though. Fair play. Oh, I mean, we laugh about him on here, but what he looked a moderately He looked moderately quick at times as well, which is something that he genuinely hasn't done much this season. And, yeah, it's. He he was always going to do it. He was calling Johnny Sexton the genius after the game and all that. But yeah, honestly, it was as much him as anybody else that was willing them to win that, wasn't it? Also, his look, his sort of side eye to the Racing players wearing berets in the tunnel at the start of the game was, <laughs> was great. Who was oh. Oli McGrath sent us that on Twitter? It was amazing. <laughs> and they come walking along and say, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Let's go, lads. We've pumped across it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's not taking this seriously. Although Why are they all wearing as... berries? Is that a thing they do every week? It, it was a th- It was the old Rassing... When Rassing was still Rassing Club in the 80s, they had this sort of... They were the Hollywood thing, and mm. they used to do, like... They were all... We'd have fun while playing. That's partly where... I like. And so they used to wear both. Like when they had a big cup final, they used to do something like silly, like wear pink bow ties or to play the game, or wear berets, or occasionally, Bonkers. yeah, yeah. Well, they they also had like like they wore their. I think the top fourteen final the year they won it, they had um, they all wore blazers onto the pitch and had champagne before the game. Like Roger Federer. Which, it's a little bit uh, not quite as bad as that. Less, less. It wasn't there was no, there was no monogramming going on. No, but uh, I thought it might yeah. have been. I was thinking about it too deep because the berets from the Basque country. It's a beret Basque, isn't it? That's what it's called. I thought, are they playing on me to be in the Basque country or something? I think I, I was think overthinking maybe, it. Maybe a, it may be a little bit of both of that actually. Like, who knows? 
who knows? But they, they had this reputation as being great entertainers and doing funny things, and that was, I think, the l- latest right uh, example of that. What else did we get that was good on Twitter? What about the Pickup Pod? Another podcast worth it, worth your listen if you fancy it. Uh, got in touch. Is it good as the Challenge Cup final? Really entertaining. Yes. Uh, Chris Beck got in touch on Twitter. He said, "Good was the amount the amount of academy boys that the that were in the Cardiff squad for the final." Things finally seem to be starting to work. I just hope we'll that, see. <laughs> yeah, things can carry on. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, you got any other good? Uh, have I got any other goods? Um, no, I think we've covered it, haven't right. we? One last Over one end. then. Welsh yeah. boy Mick, long time Mister gets in touch, and he says, "Hello, Mick." He says, "Good," and it's a question. Welsh rugby mm. no longer going terribly? Question mark. <laughs> By and large, <laughs> it's going better than it has. It has going better, hasn't it? I think the Dragons yeah. are still like an anchor weighing everybody down, though. So yeah, until the Ospreys are giving it their absolute red-hot go. So. <laughs> giving it a college try. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, shit. Yes. Shoot. Um, number one shit for me, half-backs, right? Right. You get a penalty in the opposition 22 <laughs> and then tap and go. Because honestly... <laughs> 99 times out of 100, it's a terrible You know, decision. in these days of video analysis, how have they not all been dragged how? into a room and gone, how? let me give you the stats, lads? Yeah, they keep doing it. And every time, like, you think you're catching the opposition defence out of position and flat-footed and all that, and maybe you are, but you're also catching your own team unawares as well. <laughs> so, like on Saturday, when Johnny Sexton tap and go and gave it to his, like, to his one pod that was paying attention, yeah, they made good meters and they got within a couple of meters of the line, but then the rest of the team would now have a fucking clue what was going on. So the racing defence, which who were actually there, could just go straight over the top and turn it over. Isolated. Uh-uh. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's such a low percentage play, and it's so stupid when you think about how many tries are scored off set pieces these days, particularly off lineouts. It's mm. like you've got an opportunity to get a five meter lineout where the options for scoring a try are literally myriad and easy. Whether you catch and drive it, whether you, you know, and yet a tap and go. Um, the best fly-off in the world just suddenly has a massive rush of blood to the head and goes, oh, they're out of position, and taps and goes and fucks it up. And that was the closest they got to scoring a try by some yes. distance. No, yeah, and, I don't, it's, it's, the, it's the cross kick on the penalty thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, not do something po- why not do something positive instead? Um. What else has got shit? You shared this one, the shit one. I can't believe this is good, though. It could be shit. It could be good. It's <laughs> if Jeff... you're talking about Jeff Parling, Jeff... it's good. It's <laughs> Jeff... great. Jeff Parling, grubber kicking the ball for the Rebels. <clears throat> I hope he knew it was an advantage. <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> he drops it onto the, onto his left, or attempts to drop it onto his left foot, doesn't he? But he forgets to actually kick the ball. He, you know why? Because he forgets to look down. Yes. If you notice, he's still looking forward as he drops the ball, so it's a complete blind yeah. hope that he somehow yeah. manages to coordinate ball drop and foot movement forward without actually paying attention to it. Glorious stuff. If you haven't he did, seen he did have a chat. He did look quite embarrassed. Not as embarrassed, or or as have, have you ever seen a rugby uh, such a big man look exactly like a toddler caught with his hands in the cookie jar as Leone Nakarawa did. After that, what oh, that that that, that, that deliberate knock on a Saturday, <laughs> yeah. he literally jumped and went, Whoo! like, oh shit! Yeah. He was like, oh <laughs> fuck, I just did that. Yeah. See, how did the ref not look at him and go, yeah, that's a yellow card? I can just tell by your face. 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's I was just going to be a penalty, but it the look is something in your face so wonderful. Is a he's such a beast, isn't he? He's such a, he's yeah. such a menace and everything. But then there is that kind of there's a kind of innocence to him, isn't there? The yeah. guy goes, oh, no. I'm just I'm just having fun out here. Sorry, I got a little bit excited. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. It was very funny. Um, what else we got the shit? Also shit, Teddy Tomar, <laughs> of the top knot. When it's late in the Champions Cup final and the opposition is just coming at you relentlessly <laughs> and your teammates manage to turn over a, a line-out inside your own 22, what you then don't need is for your winger to then just, for some reason, take the ball and just run straight into touch. You know that rule where you're not supposed to kick a turnover was. ball away? Yeah. That's the time when that rule doesn't That's apply. That's when you kick turnover ball away. <laughs> yeah. Launch That's when you, the uh, fucking thing as far at as least, you can. At least just pass it to somebody who is going to kick it away. <laughs> yeah. Don't just run into... Or I run away from the touchline and try and recycle again. Yeah. Do something that isn't yeah. what just you did. Just don't run straight into touching. Literally, the pods were still there. It was literally the exact spot where the lineup was given. It was, and then obviously they <laughs> won the penalty and kicked it. It was mad shit. But that's what you get with Teddy Tomar. That's what you get with Vakatawa. Yeah, that's what you get with Vakatawa. That's what you get when you have lunatics in your backline. Occasionally, it's amazing. Often, it's mad. Just plain mad. What else have we got? That shit. Um, Tom Dare Repka got in touch. Who's not taking the Haskell news very well at all. Oh yeah. And can I also give a massive shout out to Tom for on Saturday his Eurovision commentary was some of the funniest Twitter stuff I've read for quite some time. <laughs> so yes, it was. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that with us. He said shit was Johnny Sexton. His long-range penalty attempt was less accurate than Logovim than Mulipola's joke attempt against Sale, and his control of the game made Ian Madigan look worthy of a recall. I tell you it what, wasn't a vintage day, was it? By his ridiculously high, like nobody, like I said, nobody really played badly. No, but by his ridiculously high standards, he did have a and pretty. It's either bad shit or it's thing. good, isn't it? And it, you know, and it's shit. Yeah, his goal kicking was terrible. His kicking out of hand wasn't the best. Uh, he struggled to get anything going on attack because Rassin's defence just was in his face instantly. Um, you know, European finals are never easy games to win, are they? But I don't think Leinster would have made quite such hard work of it if he was in the sort of mode he was like a couple of weeks ago against the Scarlets or whatever. You know, it, it might have... Twitter said the other day, on here, and I don't, I don't think I've pulled it out to talk about it. I apologise, but and I can't remember who it was that said it, but they said it's a good point that is it because there's too much at stake in a Champions League in a Champions Cup <clears throat> final, Maybe. whereas in the Challenge Cup, it's a little bit like, well, you know, we've all <laughs> we've just a nice day out. I, I'm yeah. not sure that is it, but it's, some, it's a nice thought. Yeah, I think. But then you look at there have been good champion, uh, you know, Heineken Cup slash Champions Cup finals, you know, where there's been loads of tries scored, and they've been. It's only really in the last, to be honest with you. The last final where Rassing were involved was a fucking <laughs> shambolic shit show yeah, as well. So yeah. I kind of feel like their defence... And, their... and at least it didn't feel like it was just a, a, a parade for the favourites to win either. And that no. has been a little bit of what it's been like recently. So It has, yeah. And it, uh, But at the same time, I still didn't really think that Leinster were ever going to lose that game, to be honest. In the same way, it, very similarly to that Saracens... Uh, final last was it last year where they were against Racing? Mm. Um, I know it was Claremont last no, year, Claremont, wasn't it? Yeah. And Racing the year before. And in both of those years, like you never really felt like certainly yeah. the Racing one, you never felt like Saracens were going to lose that game. It was just penalty, penalty, penalty. You know, 
there were no tries. But at the same time, you kind of looked at them and thought, well, something's going to happen here. They're, they're just not going to lose it, are they? And I kind of felt that way again. It was a little bit of a procession. It'd have been a bit of a pickpocketing, I think. Had yeah. It, had it gone the other way. What else have we got here then? On Twitter, good. Naomi Grundy Mason got in touch and said the Gloucester social media account. Oh, yeah. That was. <laughs> it was a bit of a hot take, wasn't it? The thing is, I've Steaming said plenty of like ridiculous things. Oh, yeah. Me that's too. the bad. That's the worst. One of the bad things about Twitter is that you tend to tweet when you literally reacted to something just happening. Yeah. And then people want to ask you to analyze it for the next hour and a half. Yeah. And I tend to not respond that much. Is that because can't you just see I just said that in the midst of feeling something, either laughing yeah. or being angry or. Yeah. And then they want to kind of deconstruct it for the next hour. It's like, well, I don't really want to do that. I take it you're probably right, but I'm not going to spend the next hour doing it. Yeah. But you see, I don't. I don't run a, an official social media account for a, for a, for a Premiership rugby, rugby club. So. No. And that's where the moment is just like, seriously, what was the guy like? I get it, but when you're in charge of a club social media page or any kind of yeah. brand just social media page, just, 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 take just take a minute. Just take a Just just don't say anything. Just say full time. Congratulations to the Cardiff Blues. Disappointed, just, yeah. Just disappointed, disappointed but thank you for the card. Yeah. The, oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for everybody who travelled. Yeah. Yeah, see thanks you next for, season. Well, sorry, we couldn't do it. To see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> just have that one in the drafts, you know. <laughs> yeah. Write it before the game, just in case. Just in case, but, yeah. You you like ugly cry heaving onto your keyboard afterwards. Yeah, so. and I'm sure he, well, you know, I'm sure he, they were fucking gutted, but. Just don't do it like that. It was unedifying, to say the least. Have you got any more shit? Uh, I have got a speaking of Gloucester, actually. Uh, Jason Woodward. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, everyone, because I spent all that time talking <laughs> up last week. So, of course, he was going to be totally fucking anonymous and generally underwhelming in the biggest game of his season this week. And will yes, we never learn? I will never learn, no. James Ryan's fucked now. Oh, God, he is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Ireland. Um, what else we got here? Greg got in touch on Twitter. He said, shit, is Barnes, was was Wayne Barnes coaching the Leinster players into not giving away penalties in the ruck in the last minutes, in w- which meant racing was denied an opportunity for the last-minute penalty? Uh, it's an interesting it's point. No it's, an in, it's an interesting point. It is an interesting point about the coaching that, refereeing, that, that referees do. However, I think if you take it outside of that bit in that game... If you take that out, it'll be blowing their they'll be blowing their whistle all the fucking time. And I would much rather a referee say no, stop doing that. Yeah, or get and out then get there. the game and let the yeah. game go. If on. they don't listen, yeah, absolutely. blow them up. But if they get out, if you know, I would rather the ref not blow his whistle than blow it. And if this is a you know, if inverted commas coaching the players about what they want from, yeah, you, know, you could argue that he shouldn't be doing it in the 80th minute. Would be my thing. As long it's as it's like, been equitable for the whole game, though, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Why is minute eighty different to minute two if you're an official? You know, as long as you treated it the same well, way all the way through. So. I would say that you know, if a player hasn't learned what they can get away with oh, after eight, after that's eighty true. minutes, yeah, then yeah. why? Yeah, you know, it could be that if a player's just come on, then you say it to him. Obviously, fair enough. But yeah, I've told if you five times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been discuss- I've been telling you this since minute one for the last seventy nine minutes. That's there's maybe an argument there, but on the whole, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, fair enough. What else have we got? Colin McBride got in touch. 
Yeah, and said about the Australian Super Rugby sides being shit. Yeah, Reds yes, beat by are. Sumbles, Waratah. is throwing away a 29-point lead against Crusaders, as you mentioned. It's almost like his And Brumbies like versus Rebels was a very low-quality affair. What was that, sorry? Yeah, it's almost like his rough has got some sort of weird karmic thing where he <laughs> might never win a rugby game again. That would wouldn't be it be funny if God had smited Australian rugby now? <laughs> of intolerance. That would be funny, wouldn't it? That would be funny. Can somebody find some evidence whole... of that for us? That would be funny on lit- a whole litany yeah. of levels of just... yeah. A that he's there, B that he doesn't give a fuck, and B and C, <laughs> he comes down and goes. I don't know how many times I need to tell you this. You're supposed to yeah. just fucking love one another. Yeah. So you know, and just... C that he's, he's chosen of all of the horrendous homophobic things in the world, <laughs> and many other really, things. Yeah. To really go in that's... on fucking Israel Palau. <laughs> that's the f- that's put the fucking top hat on it now. That yeah. is, I'm coming down <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to bloody tell him. <laughs> and I'm going to do it in a really annoying way by making sure that none of your teams ever beat a New Zealand team ever you again. You heard it here first. It is God's yeah. vengeance that, in it's a God's... way that Fallout didn't expect that has made yeah. Australia go rubbish. It's God's punishment to Israel Fallout. And, and Michael Checker, probably for something he's done. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, we've been on one tonight. Oh, haven't we? What else have we got that's shit? That's probably it. Have you got anything yeah. else? Uh, no. I mean, unless you want to listen to the sound of cats loudly fighting one another outside even the my... Even cats had enough. It's not even my cat. It's some other cats just shouting at each other outside. Oh, outside? Oh, it's not even... Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, no. He's, he's quite as loud. to you, Josh. Well, <laughs> uh, what can I say? Thank you very much, everybody, for your time. Indeed. Is it semi-finals weekend coming up? It is semi-finals so, yeah. weekend. Yeah. Maybe we'll ask Paul to come on next week. He's always hey. good for the big events. Yeah, why not? But he does Do get like... better offers after big events, like the BBC <laughs> and people like that. Yeah. So, well... yeah. Like people that are actually, you know, yeah. a big deal. Worth his time. Yeah. On right, that bombshell. On that bombshell. I'll see, see you next week. See you all week. soon. Ta-da. Take care, everyone. Bye. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.